Welcome to Utopian Horizons. Hello and welcome to Utopian Horizons. My name is Paul and I am by myself today. Um, if you happen to be listening to the show for the first time for some reason, uh, most of these episodes are interview episodes with guests on, but every now and then I, d- I do something by myself and um, this is one of those. So I've been working my way through a book called Economic Science Fictions and uh, going chapter by chapter and recording episodes on the chapters because the intersection of uh, science fictions um, fictional worlds, utopias, dystopias, and economics, the way those two things might influence each other, is obviously um, of interest for this um, podcast dealing with um, utopias and dystopias and their relationship to real like politics and economics and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a book that, that fits in very nicely with um, the theme of the podcast. And again, just in case you didn't know, I've been alternating these episodes between this main feed and the Patreon feed. So if you want to hear all of these, then uh, yeah, you'll find some of them on the main feed, some of them on the Patreon feed, which is patreon.com slash utopian horizons. So the next one, for example, will be on the Patreon feed. Uh, and the next one is called the next chapter is called Pain Camp Economics, which you have to admit is a is rather alluring title. I think it's some kind of um I think we're moving into the territory because this has got a few like bits of fiction in it as well. I think this thing's like a report or something, like done in the style of like it's a report or something like that, but I'm not really sure I haven't read it yet. Anyway, um let's focus on what we're talking about today, which is chapter five. So this chapter is called Feeding Like a Parasite, Extraction and Science Fiction in Capitalist Dystopia. This is written by Karina Brand. So she starts off talking about creating imaginary worlds and how difficult that is. Um, And she says this is why writers so often use a critique of their own political economic circumstances as a basis, as like a yeah, the, the starting off point for thinking about their imaginal world. And she's kind of talking about the, the dilemma of uh, reality and how much it inhabit, uh, inhibits your imagination, like your ability to imagine different worlds. Um, and she focuses in on um, a particular thing that she is interested in um kind of using as a basis for for thinking about fictional worlds which is the concept of extraction and she says that she does this because it's uh central to our culture and economy and it's it's kind of um central to science fiction as well she she talks about her her own films that she made um i looked these up they look to be very um kind of low budget um affairs uh which isn't to say that's anything bad or anything but i'm just saying because the first thing i did was like oh this person's a a filmmaker um so i wanted to see i had trouble finding those films at first which apparently because they're not like big films or anything like that but um anyway 
so yeah, um, she she talks about th- this this thing we've already mentioned, like how do we imagine a new world without extracting parts of the old? Um, I think she's kind of suggesting that to some extent you're going to have to do this. Uh, you have to extract parts of your 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 kind of current situation if you're you're going to do that. Um, and she she starts here going through like the different ways you can think about extraction, the different meanings of extraction. I'm not going to like list all of them here, but she talks about like you can think about it politically, you can think about it geologically, like extracting minerals or whatever. She says it can be violent, um, but need not be. It it makes you think of accumulation of accumulating things, but extraction also leaves something lacking. Um, extraction can free something so she's she's going through this this the all these ways it's kind of uh very has a lot of dual meanings and um covers a lot of different territory and, and can cross over all sorts of all sorts of boundaries um she says that in science fiction cinema extraction illuminates the limits of the body mind and environment she refers to extracting an alien from the uh, scene where somebody extracts an alien from their womb in Prometheus. She talks about the Matrix, the the famous shot where we see like all the people uh, like plugged into the Matrix as batteries, basically um, under the skin, which is a film I haven't seen, where bodies are extracted of all substance and just leave a paper thin skin. So these are all yeah. All examples of films talk, uh, dealing with extraction in various ways that, that show the limits of our body, mind, and environment. And she says there's also a lot of examples of um, temporal extraction where time is stolen. So she says 1984, the film does this via surveillance. Uh, Inception, we see time sped up and slowed down to extract information says we also have environmental degradation and extraction such as in Akira and Mad Max so yeah all these different types of extraction going on in science fiction as well she says extraction um, and science fiction are both framed by the concept of of time um, so extraction in the sorry like the extraction in the economy I think in science fiction both in the concept of time how much time the labor spends working over what's socially necessary how much time is saved by accelerating technologies um, she says capitalism and sci-fi deal in the currency of the future um, or the future slash past it's like well, I don't know what that means there's a there's a footnote for that referring to somebody it's, this is like a term, future slash past, but I don't know what it means. So, anyway, uh, yeah, so both inherently dealing with, with time. So, uh, then she moves on to there's this new section where she says to, to begin to understand extraction in the economy, we um, go to Marx. So, she says that extraction for Marx is the dominant force within capitalism, where capitalists are trying to extract as much from the worker as possible. Uh, the, the extraction of surplus value underpins the capitalist system. Surplus value is basically the uh, difference between what it costs a capitalist to get something made and what somebody pays for it. So they pay, you know, so if they, they, they pay for the materials, they pay the labourer, they don't obviously pay the labour the amount of value that they generate via their labour. Otherwise, they wouldn't have any uh, 
they wouldn't really be making any any money. Um, so th- th- they steal that instead. So yeah, they um, yeah they create this surplus value, which is they they end up as as profit basically for the for the capitalist. So um, she says that she's interested in this chapter uh, in looking at not strictly just like wage labour, but all the activities around wage labour now being transformed into value producing actions and extracted in different ways by capital. So she begins doing that by talking about extraction and digital technology. Uh, she talks about two, two types of surplus value. She talks about relative surplus value. Uh, in this case, um, she'll talk about the other type later, but um, relative surplus value the, the construction or use of machines to accelerate labor power and extract more surplus. So think of like uh, the industrial revolution, like new machines to uh, yeah produce more, more efficiently generate more surplus value for the capitalist. Um, she says that's now relevant for web 3.0, like new, these new technologies are, are uh, another example of, of this kind of exploding so she's talking about the relationship between digital technology and extraction um, algorithms which are present in like all the stuff we use on our phones and our computers and, and so on so this she says that algorithms play a role in augmenting accelerating and extend or dig, digital technology at large augmenting accelerating and extending our labor through um, workplace surveillance working from home global outsourcing etc etc she talks about kind of the prevalence of of digital technology um going up to kind of stuff like google glass uh iwatch itouch all stuff that's designed to be directly on our bodies um i think this applies to like phones as well though what she's talking about she says um whether our bodies are at work or at home Apple, Google, Facebook, etc., is extracting data from us. So that's happening all the time, and that's a, the form of extraction that she's interested in, which is, um, as she says, a form of uh, relative surplus value, but not one that's applied through wage labor, like through the labor we're doing at work. It's happening all the time. Um, and she says, yeah, what she says, what's happening is all life is commodified by the capture of life experiences as big data, which is then obviously sold by these these companies that collect data on us. Um, she talks about the cultural representations of this in films, uh, robots and AIs and all this stuff. Um she talks about AIs replacing our roles as lovers, workers, parents, and this, this long-standing anxiety of robots replacing us, which exists in science fiction. Um, she talks about some recent popular depictions of AI in various forms. So she talks about her from 2013, which I haven't seen. She talks about Ex Machina from 2015, which I also haven't seen. She says they both personalize and singularize the character of the ai and the wider polemics of ai in society um, so she's kind of critical of what, what they do she says at times they lower back into a, a patriarchal view of robots as female select slaves or kick-ass chick 
And she says they're more concerned with the loss of authentic love or hegemonic gender relations than asking what social effect the mechanization of love will bring. So essentially she's saying that um, th- because they're, they're, they're kind of personalizing or, or f- focusing on these like, uh, characters as, as like, yeah, as characters and, and singularizing them and personalizing them and not looking them looking at them as part of a system like connected to capitalism um, and algorithms that are part of a whole system and so forth that don't they kind of miss something Um, yes she says they fail to situate these AIs within digital capitalism uh, and and thereby they they also fail to create a world significantly cognitively significantly cognitively estranging uh, cognitive estrangement I think I yeah I did an episode on that on the Patreon actually uh, that's a science fiction term which comes from Darko Sivin which is to do with the way that science fiction um, kind of uh, uh, kind of like through some science fiction innovation how it it's to do with how it kind of makes us imagine a different world and how um, the kind of the way that our minds can then sort of move between the fictional world and our lived reality can kind of uh, denaturalize elements of our lived reality and make it make us like see things in a a different light Um, that's a very simple um, probably not particularly well explained example but hopefully it gives you some idea of, of what you're talking about so the uh, yeah Suvin who uses this term this is key to like the critical power of science fiction and she's saying they're failing to do this essentially um she says they're they're focusing on uh alienation and loneliness as like a personal thing not a political thing so it's not um so this is like an externalization of our anxieties instead of cognitive estrangement because it's disconnected from capital. She gives she cites some more some uh, examples of things that she's more positive about in terms of making this critique. So, the Common Sense from twenty fifteen. Guess what? Haven't seen it. Black Mirror TV series from twenty fourteen. Uh, well, started in twenty fourteen. I think I've seen one episode of that maybe. Um, she says they offer a more critical assessment of AIs as extractive, i.e. related to capitalism as well. She says she is a bit critical of Black Mirror. She says it sometimes falls into the trap of treating technology as like the source of alienation and not capitalism as a source of an alienation, but she thinks it does do that sometimes. So, yeah, she says what's important here is that is they these are examples of of um texts that connect ai to capitalism connected to a system of extraction and therefore sees that as as more effective and she says to hear the, the the issue then isn't just about like anxieties about the technology per se that's not really important what's important is who makes owns runs and profits from the technology then she moves on to a new section called corporeal extraction and social reproduction 
uh, here she talks, remember we talked about relative surplus value earlier. Here she starts talking about absolute surplus value, which is basically about time the length and the length of the working day. Simple as that. Um, and she's talk, she starts talking about how there's this blurring happening between work and the rest of our life, um, which kind of complicates, complicates, I guess, this, this thing about the length of the working day. It's not clear <laughs> when that is and when that ends so much anymore, I suppose. Um, she says that this initiates a mistrust and detachment regarding our bodies. So she says she wants to talk about extraction from the body. It's blood, flesh, bones, thoughts, dreams, ideas. Um, as, representing of, as representative of the changing pace of social reproduction in like capitalism. Social reproduction uh, is broadly the process of reproducing social structures. That's why it's called social reproduction. Um, so like your literal uh, like position, like your class, your class position, um, but also like, uh, like knowledge and beliefs, yeah, wealth, like your status um so it's kind of like kind of like reproduction of the ideology and the literal structure like together i guess I, I don't know much about social reproduction i'm just trying to give you a rough idea if you have no idea what i'm talking about um she says that social reproduction is generally related to activities that take place outside of work has been historically undervalued with production itself being prioritised. Um, she says that now everything is production. So the, the strict uh, definitions that differentiate production and reproduction seem fastidious. Um, she says this is represented in fears of the loss of our bodies from like Frankenstein to zombie films to mind slash body theft films like Inception, a film I have seen, um, and uh, Upstream Colour, another film I have not seen. She says that cuts to healthcare, childcare, you know, all these things that made life more difficult in various ways, um, put more pressure on us in terms of like time and so on and so forth, means we feel we we uh, have this fear of, of uh, trying to keep of being able to keep in touch with our bodies and its demands, the demands to love, create, care. Um, it says that body horror is is like related to this and it reflects the embeddedness of the extractive impulse um, and that it always deals with the ongoing contradictions in social reproduction under like capitalism. She references Videodrome here from 1983 guess what haven't seen it um she says it's, it's, it highlights inconsistencies between the virtual and the biological the material and abstract um and that and that uh Cronenberg who directed this film that his body horror films were being made particularly during the transition to neoliberal capitalism so she's suggesting that there's a relationship between like body horror and um 
extraction and capitalism and how it's related to our conception of our our bodies or anxieties about our bodies trevent says matrix and never let me go which uh, she says aren't body horror but deal with the effects of capitalism on the body and what capitalism does to replenish life um again here she has criticisms of never let me go she says it uh too often clings to ideas of identity and individuality so again she's interested in the these films making critiques which relate to um which draw relations to capitalism like broadly um and it's extractive how it's related to the extraction that's going on so never let me go uh clones are basically raised to as organ donors for the wealthy when they need them as and when they need them um she wants that to be that form of extraction needs to be connected to capitalism obviously like that's what's happening here people with money are like uh funding this um to happen they're paying for these organs um yes but this film's really concerned of like clones and having identity and individuality and all this and not focusing so much on that aspect that aspect she says it's important to note that this is like these things aren't like out of like the realms of our lived reality she says uh organ and egg cells there's a global market for that and she says that there's um the unknown undervalued laborers uh there's a whole load of there's a whole load of unknown undervalued laborers out there who feed the bulk of the tech goods of the world like the the, the matrix we live in basically she's kind of suggesting this is all stuff that's already happening in some form the final section i think is about environmental extraction and dystopia she talks about the the kind of original form of extraction i.e what we take from nature as she says environmental ruin is obviously one of the major tropes in science fiction uh she says the environment like the natural world and the the idea of like primitive worlds is often tied up with utopian visions um problematic utopian visions that, that kind of imagine a return to primitivism as being um yeah like inherently utopian or if not yeah just like this like if you think of utopia the this kind of vision of green and like the natural is is often there um that did not be a problem i don't think um yes he references some more films here um akira have seen it uh and the and philip k dick novel do androids dream of electric sheep examples of these kind of um environmental dystopias where, where kind of there's been, been a massive extraction and there's kind of these these um, broken or like ruined worlds left behind so there's also movies that celebrate or indulge uh so armageddon for example um she also says she says what says in in stuff like children of men the road 28 days later um again examples of the post-apocalypse uh, we have the redemptive plot found uh, of the small-scale ecological community. Uh, so again, this is another example of it related to the environment. So yeah, the culture she says that cultural imagine, imaginary of utopia and dystopia relies on the idea of the natural world as separate from us. This this nature slash culture 
binary and we have um, like this kind of primitive uh, accu accumulation or extraction of the natural world that is um, affecting the natural world in the real in a real uh, in the real world and other types of capitalist accumulation which affect it in different ways like pollution and stuff like this and she says that the, the kind of natural world is is significant in terms of the way that value of land is becoming more more valued than labor than labor we have expulsions of people from land bought up in the global south because um, of the, the the value the demand for mineral and water resources um again various types of extractions going on there in terms of like people being extracted land and the value in that land the resources in that land so yeah she says um in science fiction like mining is an obvious meeting point for these things uh mentions the film moon so she kind of ends with this question that she asks of how how does a uh, critique of capitalist extraction help us think of um new economic science fictions like think of ideas that go beyond the extractive impulse she says that extraction has this contradictory nature which we've already talked about the fact that it can be destructive and constructive and it makes it hard to disentangle the utopic from the dystopic um she says we can see it's necessary for the imagining of new worlds to like take from the past to extract from the past but that we can also mobilize the extractive impulse to extract parts of capitalism inhibiting our imagination for example for example the removal of money and she concludes with yeah saying that it's central to capitalism and sci-fi um it's kind of hard actually to say where she ends up here because i yeah i mean like the literally the last sentence is um whether it is a natural fear, outright defiance, or the surgical removal of the parasite, we do not passively accept the extractive impulse, which is why, for now, we must continue to locate extraction under capitalism as an ongoing dystopia. Yeah, I don't want to be harsh, but like the idea that extraction under capitalism is dystopic feels to me, at least, like pretty obvious. Um, I don't know in what other way it's treated. Um, so I'm not sure like where we're ending up here um, this essay I found like I agree with a lot of the stuff that's in it and it it does um, like the individual sections within themselves make sense but I didn't find compared to some of the other chapters we covered like a, th a clear argument that I could follow through like a thread or and again, this isn't so much criticism of it. What I'm saying now, like, I didn't feel you know, some of the other some of the other chapters um, introduced looked at things from a perspective which I hadn't considered before. Um, the fact that she doesn't do that isn't a criticism of her because that just means that I have looked at things from some of these perspectives before. Other people may not have, so it would affect them in a different way. I hope that makes sense. Um, like there may be people who read the previous chapters for whom whatever they said and it was obvious and therefore it didn't didn't strike them so much. 
yeah, I, I just not. Yeah, the, the, I mean, it kind of this this thing starts at the idea that extraction is a thing in capitalism and science fiction. Ends at the idea that extraction in capitalism is bad. I'm, I'm that's that's like overly simplifying, obviously, but but I'm just trying to get at the fact that I didn't get like the overall argument, like each section makes sense to me in terms of like how she's describing how extraction works um and it, uh, particularly stuff like say for example pointing out how digital technology has um changed the character of extraction in terms of um there's this extraction of value happening from you all the time like whether you're at work uh, or at home maybe in some cases more when you're at home like if we're thinking about google and facebook and stuff like you're probably spending more time on them in your free time uh and there's more data for them to extract like stuff like that makes a lot of sense but the, the, i just had trouble like connecting each set each section you could probably hear that sometimes where i was kind of recounting the arguments that i i was having trouble like finding way through like what the connections were between these things um so yeah i didn't dislike it or anything but it's not not my favorite essay i've written here so far and it may be that i understand some of it and i've just missed something it may just be that uh i was kind of like i said more familiar with some of the stuff she was talking about so it didn't strike me as much as some of the essays which came from a perspective that I hadn't considered before. But yeah, at the very least, I think like her, what I will say is, is her way of thinking about utopian or dystopian fiction, um, particularly when it deals with AIs and, and stuff, stuff around technology, like the, the, the fact that it needs to yeah be wary of this a tendency to like make a story about AI and make it like this personal thing about the AI as a character and losing this connection to capitalism and and its system of extraction, like how the AI relates to, to that. Um, that's certainly useful if we're thinking about what utopian or dystopian fiction should be doing, I think. So we can say that for sure. Um, but yeah, as I said at the beginning, I think we're going to move into a few chapters of like fictional stuff done in different ways with the next chapter being pain camp economics um so yeah looking forward to seeing exactly what that is uh as i said i think it's some kind of like fictional report but anyway if you want to hear that then that'll be on the patreon feed so you can go to patreon.com slash utopian horizons if you want to sign up for that and get access to all the economic science fictions i've chats i've already covered as well as um we uh currently are doing a run through of the tv series snowpiercer done a couple of episodes of that already uh yeah lots of other stuff on there uh loads of episodes that you can have a look through but yeah that's the end of that on the end of this episode uh if you want to get in touch with me then you can email me on utopianhorizonspod at gmail.com you can tweet me at utopianhorizons on twitter uh yeah and next time i'll be back with a normal interview episode uh i'm looking forward to that one so um i will see you then cheers bye bye (laughs)